you know, this saying, like, get to the, get to the part that is meaningful, get to the part that matters. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when you get to that, it's going to help guide you through the, the, the mess that you're about to adventure into, especially if you're doing something really big and bold and new and genuinely, um, creative in the world. Like no one's ever been there. So how do you, how do you, how do you even know the way? This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. All right. Podcast time. Podcast time. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to Way of the Artists. This is Brandon and Evan. And we're talking about something that I think is going to be interesting, as I always do. Get to the part that has meaning. Actually, I'm going to pass this off to Evan pretty quickly because this was something that he shared. And I think it was a really it was a really good idea, but I think it relates to uh, everything in, in, in art and everything really in life and in business as well. I'm seeing so many parallels with this. But get to the part that has meaning is such a is is such an important idea. And I can't wait to get into it. I have a lot to say. I don't really know where it's gonna lead for sure, but I do have opinions. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm right on every one of them, but I'm hoping to have a few discoveries as well. But Evan, before I pass this off, there was something you you know, maybe you can say it's about threading the needle, you know, don't waste <laughs> yeah. time threading the needle get to the part that has meaning. I think that was it. Uh, can you, can you kind of elaborate on this idea? Yeah. Yeah. I'll try and, uh, I'll try and wrap that all up as quickly as possible. So, um, yeah, it was something that, uh, I say to my students, uh, my acting students, and it, because it was something that my teacher shared to us and it was, um, you know, really it was, it had so, to do with something very specifically that we were doing in, in our acting classes and these exercises that we were doing. And he would say, don't waste time threading the needle, um, which was, you know, essentially don't waste time, um, you know, for us as an audience, like where we would literally, you know, somebody might be sewing something on stage in front of us and having them, you know, having to sit and watch them literally thread a needle before they could start sewing. And it was like, well, what's the meaningful part of this exercise? Right. And, and the meaningful part was the, is the sewing part. That's, that's really what's, what's important. Um, so get to it, make sure that you can just get to it. You know, once you start doing this exercise in front of all of us. Right. Um, but there's, um, yeah, as you were alluding to, I think that there was part, get to the part that has, has meaning. Don't waste time threading the needle, like get, get to the thing, get to the thing. And, um, you know, and, and actually it's funny that we ended up calling this episode what we did and, and you kind of jumped over, jumped on sort of the story that I shared with you because it was what you were sharing with me that made me think of this whole thing. You know, you were talking about, um, you know, working on, on a script or something like that. And, and, you can, or, or anything, you know, it's like you can waste all of this time on, or you can spend, I, I won't say waste, but you can spend a lot of time on some trivial little detail, um, with whatever it is that you're working on. 
and and it's not the part that has the real meaning it's not the part that has the substance it's not the thing that's the most important uh and and I think that uh, we might need to also add an, another element to this title. It's like get to the part that has meaning to you, right? Like not just the part that has meaning, but the, that has meaning to you because we can give meaning to anything and everything. You know, like um, the the great there's this great quote from Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is that, um, and I'll I will kind of paraphrase this one as well, but. He said something to the effect of the world, um, despite what many philosophers and people have said about it, the world is not meaningless. The, the, and th that's not the problem. The problem that we have as human beings is that the world is unconditionally meaningful. That it becomes so difficult to be able to even understand that or wrap our hand, heads around that in in any sort of expressible way um, was sort of what he was. I, I didn't, ex <laughs> I didn't describe that particularly well, but I hope everyone gets the point of it. But so anyhow, um, the part that has meaning to you, you know, I think any artist and anyone, you know, who wants to lead um, a life that is meaningful for them, I mean, then that's always got to be sort of your North star to a degree it's like you, you can't be about getting hung up on uh, on all the details and i'm kind of going off and and i it might be jumping around on a in a bunch of different things but i i this just popped into my head so i'm going to run with it uh, i just finished watching this documentary that went up on netflix called trainwreck um the story it's like the story of woodstock 1999 where there was like riots and it was just like the whole thing went to shit and, you know, it's certainly there's there's the the filmmakers, the documentarians who made it. They have their own sort of narrative and, and leaning towards it. But they're from the outset of this documentary, it seemed pretty clear in my eyes the way that they were showing it, like where this immediately went off the rails and where it immediately went off the rails is that it was about making money. Woodstock 1999 was not about bringing it not really it was not really about bringing the peace and love feeling you know that you know to the world that the original Woodstock was about which was peace love and great music right and you know to to the the original Woodstock's credit that was kind of an accident how it all happened like nobody thought it was going to turn into the thing that it was it just did but it turned into what it was, I would I would argue, because of where it started out from, where the meaning of this event was. And then Woodstock 99, it was very clear that this was about making money. And all the decisions that went into it were about making money. And then they kind of covered it in this veneer of saying like, oh, Woodstock, peace and love. And it's just like, no, nothing, nothing about this event says that at all. Mm -hmm. Right? So it that was I would argue in in terms of this conversation they didn't get to the part that has meaning or right? or I mean the place where they put put the meaning created this sort of situation right and I think that that's 
for us as as individuals and artists, that's something very important for us to keep in mind because it can be so easy to get sidetracked and, and makes like, oh, I've got to make this script like this so that it's more, um, you know, it's more, I got to make it more commercial or I've got to compromise on this and that. And that's not to say that there might not be certain opportunities to do that and that that's not an okay thing and sometimes, but it's like, what? did did you lose the meaning in that whole process like do, i think that's where we really get into trouble um with the things that we take on is when we completely lose sight of what the the meaning and i will use another word here for meaning but the soul when we lose the soul of what it is that we're that what we're doing yeah totally i mean there's so many good things about what you said and where to pick up is kind of the question. Let me start with this Woodstock thing because it was the last thing you were talking about. And maybe I can hit on some of the earlier things with the Woodstock train wreck documentary. I'm not sure if I've seen that particular documentary about Woodstock 99, but I have seen a documentary about it. And I understand a lot of, and I'm aware of a lot of the details about this particular festival and what happened and how it went terribly wrong. And it just became literally chaos and destruction and they, they i think that when you set out to do something there is an initial interest there is an initial uh, uh point or purpose or meaning and you mentioned something about the north star and this is something i've been talking with my my clients a lot about is like the north star is a great analogy for kind of thinking about okay this is kind of keeping me where I'm directed. But one thing I want to kind of point out is that I think sometimes when we think of the North star, we think of it like I have this place I'm going like this direction. And it's like, you got to look at your path as something where it's not probably not going to be like a straight path from where you are to where you want to go. It's going to be this windy, wiggly traversal, of ups and downs and lefts and rights. And sometimes you're going to be in a place where you're, it's so dark and, and, and unclear that you can't even see where the North star is anymore, you know, and, and you don't even know where you are. And part of, you know, that will be, do I stay where I am or do I try and move? And if I move, do I even get more lost? And you're going to go through all of that. And that's part of the artist journey. And it's part of the journey of anybody who's trying to create a vision or a dream or, or an artistic piece. So um, I think when you take on a festival, a, a particular music festival with that many people and that many musicians, it could very well be that you get lost along the way. You start to lose track of why are we doing this in the first place? I think when you come into something without a certain kind of genuine, authentic care of interest and something that you're trying to build in the world that's not just what you're trying to get i think you will inevitably always get lost because the journey to anything great requires you get lost at some point i actually think mm -hmm. that's a part of the journey i think that's a yeah. part of the process and so if you never had a guide to begin with when you get lost and you get spun around you won't even know where to go anymore because you never had a place to go in the first place and so with that particular festival if people want to investigate that and look more into it um, you can see this quite literally happening over the course of the festival. You can see people literally, things are going 
sideways and there is no course correction there is there is just like just let it go and there's 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 such little care about how the people who are there how they're experiencing it. it was like we got your money you're here now so deal with it it was kind of that you know yeah. and what's that gonna what's that gonna do you know what i mean what's that gonna create and if you watch the documentary which it sounds like we're really marketing it um you'll see <laughs> you'll see what happens this is literally what happens and and that's a a large example of what happens with your with your with your project your artistic medium or your business it will basically burn down in flames and and that yeah. is ultimately what's going to happen right so um so that in mind i think like uh you know as we're talking about this if you can if you can always have something to touch back onto like why are we doing this in the first place what's the point um you you will find that you can measure that against the obstacles or challenges that you face throughout yeah now just to kind of bring it back a little bit more specifically you talked about this like you know get to the part that matters you know d don't waste time uh, threading the needle well like you you know if, if this shirt for example that you got a stitch or whatever you're stitching if if that's important because you know I think you mentioned something. I don't know if I'm not sure if this is on the podcast or before, but like it's for your brother and your brother loaned it to you and you messed it up and you got to fix it before he gets there in an hour. And you, you know, and, and that's important. And then in the same time, you're dealing with somebody in the scene and it's maybe it's your, your partner and they want to break up with you. Right. And that's important to you, but also your relationship with your brother is important or whatever. And so now you're caught between these two places of meaning and it becomes a matter of navigating that North star, because this is what inevitably pulls us off path. We think, Oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just make the right choice. No, no. The choice is going to be a dilemma. It's going to be a, a challenging choice where it's like, if I go this way, these consequences if i go that way those consequences mm -hmm. and i think this is something to kind of keep in mind meaning helps you figure out which consequences you're willing to live with and that happens for everything so if you if you don't know what matters to you if you don't know what's meaningful the consequences are going to happen regardless there's there's always consequences there's always damages um yeah but you might not you might have to live with some bad ones and you won't even have done it for great purpose or meaning. And that's a shame, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you bring up a really great point in this whole conversation, which is like, you have to know what has meaning to you, what has real meaning to you. And I, I, I'm going to say something and running the risk of sounding like some sort of idealistic, you know, preachy person. I'm not meaning to come off this way, but to me, this is, this is a fact of life. Um, the meaning has to be more than money. Mm -hmm. And I, and I promise you that, that money is a superficial expression of something that has meaning to you. Right. Um, and, and I want to make, uh, cause I want to also make something very, very clear, you know, in terms of, partially that the comment about, you know, like the Woodstock festival as, as the example, which is, I don't have a problem with people making money. I, I have no issue with people make money, please make money. We, you need to make money. Um, 
that's not the issue. The problem is that that was the main thing. It can't be the main thing because that's not money is not really a meaningful thing um, in and of itself. So it can't be that it, it can be a byproduct of doing something that truly genuinely has meaning. Um, and, and I think that that is, I mean, it doesn't have to be like it, it, it technically does not have to be, but as far as who I think our audience is and in terms of, of what we are advocates for in terms of having a meaningful life, then, you know, you're, if you make it all about money, um, as, as Alan Watts would say, you'll, you'll end up wasting your entire life because you'll end up doing a bunch of stuff that you don't want to do to make money so that you can go on doing a bunch of things that you don't like doing to make money. Like that's, that's the pattern of, of that being your North star. It's, it's, and it's an actual, it's a kind of insanity when you think about it. So, um, but yeah, it's got to have the part that has meaning. It has to, it has to be something other, you know, it has to be something that, that, um, and as you're saying, like, you have to know what it is. And sometimes that is, um, that can be kind of a tricky thing to, to start figuring out. Mm -hmm. I think something else that comes up is like, you know, there's a balance between what you get and what you provide and what you give. And, I do think that there are ends of a spectrum where if you're too much on one side, you're actually, it's a problem. There, there needs to be a balance between you getting and you giving. If it's all you give or all you get, I, I think that it, you start to run into really bad territory um, because the person that obviously it's all about what they get, I want to make money. I want to be rich. I want to do that. That's very self-serving and very selfish in a, in a negative kind of toxic way. But the person is like, I just want to save the world. I want to give, you know, the sacrifice of myself and everything that I am and is in my life and my circle. Well, you render yourself useless and you can't actually help anybody if you don't actually take care of yourself because you're, you know, no one asked you. And if they are, they're, they're not really good for you, but no one asked you to like, to, to, to die for them. You know what I mean? you got to decide what to die for. And, and you got to decide that, that that's meaningful to you. You know what I mean? And like, for example, if you go to like, uh, you know, the idea of a soldier or somebody that's fighting for something that, you know, and this is hard for some people to wrap their mind around, but you, there are certain things that you will gladly die for when you find enough meaning, you know, there are certain things that you, you would not give up. And this is where a lot of principle comes from. This is where a lot of like integrity comes from because there needs to be a certain part of you that you, you know, there are things that are more important than your comfort and your immediate gratification that you get out of the knowledge that they exist beyond your existence. And, and that is self-serving in a way. And, and, and that's a kind of giving where it's quite profound, but when you're giving because you're just a doormat and you're just getting walked on and you just think, Oh, Hey, like, like everybody needs help except me. Th then you have a problem. You have like a literal problem because 
you need help. If you see that other people need help, you need that help. Because how do you see it in other people? It all begins with you. It's all a projection. And I know that some people, you know, maybe maybe psychologically you have not crossed that bridge to understand that that's so. But everything really is just a mirror of you. And so your, your meaning internally actually is very helpful to the outside world. Because when you see, when you see meaning out here, you find meaning in yourself. And, you know, and when you, when you think lack out here, you actually see lack in yourself. And so, you know, the, there's that saying at first I was foolish and tried to save the world. I'm paraphrasing something Mm -hmm. like this. At first I was foolish and tried to save the world. And then I became wise and went to save myself, you know, basically, or change myself. Yeah. I tried to change the world. And then I went to change myself. It's all the same, you know, take the word, change it, whatever. But like through, through ourselves, we actually do most of the things we want to do in the world. And when we have a very vacant thing that we're doing with ourselves, we end up with very vacant results in the external world because it's just a mirror of vacancy, right? It's a mirror of emptiness. And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's countless art projects you can point to. There's countless businesses that have failed because of this reason. There's obviously festivals that have, you know, gone astray or not gone well, you know, there, there's all sorts of things, but I think it's like, you know, this saying, like, get to the, get to the part that is meaningful, get to the part that matters. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when you get to that, it's going to help guide you through the, the, the mess that you're about to adventure into, especially if you're doing something really big and bold and new and genuinely, um, creative in the world. Like, no one's ever been there. So how do you, how do you, how do you even know the way you're going to have to like, you know, if you were walking through bushes, there's going to be bushes and you're going to have to figure out like what to cut, like, and what way to go. And then you might do all this work. And then you just end up at like a, a, you know, a big wall and you have to turn around and go back and do it again. And, you know, you need to kind of know like where you're going so that, when you run into problems, you, you have an answer on how to deal with them. Right. And that's going to come from your meaning and your purpose and your, you know, um, which also, by the way, I'll say one last thing on that. It might not be that strong in the beginning or that clear in the beginning, it might become clearer and stronger as you go on, but there is something initially. So keep trying to come back to that thing, you know, that, 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 that core interest or curiosity or, whatever that might be, come back to that because there was something in that. That was the seed of all of this. And if you abandon that seed, really, there's no no point, you know, you're going to get lost and you're going to be into something else. Right. But there was a Mm -hmm. seed of something in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, like the, the, why that exercise, which I've, which I could point somebody to one of the episodes where I walk through, walk through it, but it's kind of like that. And what I love about that is just, it it starts off at a place of like oh yeah this is what i want this is what i want you know my life to look look like and, and this is why i want it and then it's just like but then when you keep asking okay but why that why that why that why that and you start to figure out what that whole thing is really all about and um yeah and like just in terms of one of the things that you know at a certain point with 
uh, with my students and with people who have studied, you know, Meisner before is that, you know, like that's like discovering what has meaning to you is something that we spend a really, we're really thorough with, right? Like how do you even really work with yourself? How do you really understand what, what's truly genuinely important to you as a human being? Right. And, um, and it, it takes time, you know, it's like over and over and over again, students coming up, tr- doing a new scene and now with a whole new personal circumstance, a whole new thing that, that they have created, um, from their imaginations, but using p- elements of their, of their real life to really understand, you know, sort of what you would die for, you know, like among many other things, but that level of, of sincerity and intensity to what's actually true about you, right? What would you die for? What would you, what would you give up everything for? What would you, um, what would make you completely just walk away from, from something or someone or whatever? Like this is, um, you know, it's part of the fun of, of acting, you know, and, and a lot of artistry is, is you dive into these things and, and, begin to understand um, or just at least touch a, a small part of it. And what's interesting that I found not only through my own experience of going through that process, but also watching many, many others go through that process is that me, what genuinely has meaning for people most of the time, I would say at least 90% of the time is it's people. It's always other people, you know, it's, it's, it's like, okay, so, so what is this? Like, like, why are you doing this? What, what's driving you in this scene? Oh, well, my, my mom, my partner, my kid, my, you know, like it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating that like where, where our meanings really actually, um, end up coming down to, and sometimes it's a cause right? Sometimes it's, it's, but even then, you know, it's like, okay, but what's the cause about? The cause is about people, (laughs) 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 right? Like it's uh, people who, who are not you, but are kind of like you, you know? Um, and I think that, again, this is, this is the, the, the question of, of art and, you know, and there is a way of, whether you're an artist or not in injecting artfulness into your life. Like these, like art is just, is, is, is not just art is not just some sort of a, uh, an imitation or, or a copy of life. Art is something that is deeply connected to life and life is something that is deeply connected to art. If you choose to see it that way, you will see it everywhere. I mean, shit, this is how this podcast is still going is because it's everywhere and it's in everything and, and it's accessible, um, to us at every moment to, to bring that quality to our lives. Um, but it's really about those art is really about these meanings these and and these meanings that that connect us and unite us 
and and remind us of that of that thing so um which is why i think art is is so important because it is one of its functions in addition to connection but it's it's one of those things that continually points to what is meaningful yeah and and also i mean i think as it points to it it you know, it often gives people a connection to what's meaningful that maybe they didn't always notice, or maybe they felt alone in, you know, this type of thing. There's a story, uh, you know, Tony Robbins shares about this, where he talks about how, like, there was a Thanksgiving dinner where they couldn't put food on the table. And he never wanted people to experience that because that was so hard for him. So I think he's, you know, he's done something like, I think it's over a million at least over a hundred thousand, but I think it's millions even, but he's put millions or hundreds of thousands of Thanksgiving dinners on people's tables who couldn't afford to have Thanksgiving dinner because of that experience that he had, you know? Mm. And, you know, if the guy never did anything else in his life other than that, I mean, what a, what a, what a great contribution, you know, what a, what a wonderful thing to try to do to um, try to help people not have to experience that what obviously must have been a very painful and uncomfortable moment in his life. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're finding meaning, a lot of the stuff that you will find meaningful comes from something that you experience, something that maybe only you understand, you know, and for people who have always had a Thanksgiving dinner and they just take it for granted, they don't even notice it right Mm -hmm. to them. That might not be something that's really going to stand out to them. And the thing is, is like, that's fine, but maybe there's something else that stands out to you. And it isn't always like, it isn't always like that either. I mean, one thing I wanted to point to was like, you know, if you're running a business too, um, you know, get to the part that has meaning is also valuable on, on just a practical level. Like, you know, a lot of people, they, they say, oh, you know, I have this business and it's like, what do you do? I'm like, you know, or what do you do to like build it? It's like, well, I'm on social media, I'm on Facebook and I'm on these groups and I'm doing whatever. And it's like, is that like doing anything? Well, I have all these followers. Is that meaningful? Does that matter? Because like, if these followers aren't becoming leads and they aren't being converted into sales and they aren't becoming new clients or new customers, then it doesn't really matter, does it? You know what I mean? So let's get to the part that actually matters. Let's get to the part that's actually meaningful for what you're trying to do. Now, that's just in the context of building a business. And to build a business, you know, part of building a business is to make money, right? It is, I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. business is, right? We're doing business, right? We're exchanging. It is to make exchange. Now, if you're not making exchange, you're not really doing business. And, um, you know, I think that when you're looking at anything you're trying to do, I, you know, I was talking with a writer the other day and the writer was, well, I have this five-year plan and, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be here in the next five years and I haven't, you know, done anything. Well, what's the number one metric? Right. You can talk all day about this technique and that technique and this tool you learned and that thing you learned and whatever. And like, you can, you can work it all out. But what matters is that you actually write stuff down in a story format, in a screenplay, in a script, because you say you want to be a screenwriter or a professional scriptwriter, or whatever you want to call it. Well, I'll tell you one thing, they write. 
That's the, that's the difference between a novelist and somebody who is not a novelist. The novelist actually writes novels. You know what I mean? And so, you know, what's the actual thing that matters? What's actually meaningful? You know what I mean? And so one of the things that I always say is like, let's just get to the thing. Let's just get to the thing and then let's work out the rest of the stuff later. And yeah, you're going to make an ass of yourself. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do it wrong, but you're going to actually be doing it. You know, um, one last thing I'll share on that. I was dating this girl and she started a business and this was just before I started my business and she had some really good marketing. She had really good idea. And she, you know, and she went out and then she kind of, she just started like, she did an event, she made a little bit, and then she just started going like, I'm just going to learn. And I was like, you know, I always want to start a business. And I'm like, you know, now is as good a time as ever. And I started my business. And the first thing I went and did was I just started talking to people and selling. And I made a massive amount of money really quickly. And I started a business. And since then, my business has been my main form of income since then. And I remember she got kind of jealous and she was like, cause she started her business first. And, uh, and it was like, the only thing that matters is that you like, is you either sell your product or you get, you get your new clients to do your service or whatever your business is, right? That's the only thing that matters. So get to the part that matters, you know, cause people mm -hmm. will spend all sorts of time, like working on their website, doing their social media, doing all this stuff. Like, and this isn't just for business. Cause I, I want to parlay this back into artistry. If you're an actor, you got to get out and do auditions or you got to start finding scripts or sourcing scripts or meeting directors or, you know, connect You got to start doing the things that actually matter. Cause you can sit mm -hmm. all day in acting class and talk about how you're working on your acting career. And I'm, I'm not saying that's not valuable and it's not important, but it's also not what really matters if you want career success. And so I think that it's an important thing to keep in mind. You don't want to necessarily make it about money and career success. I think that is, we, we pointed that out, mm -hmm. but if you do want to get something, you've got to look at the metrics that actually matter and you know, the metrics that mean something. Right. And I think this works on an interpersonal level, a personal level and a practical level. And I think they're all worth mentioning as we navigate this, this conversation, because, you know, like you said, we're not against people making money go ahead and make money. It's just that maybe it will be better if you make the money with a deeper meaning than just making money. Right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, everybody, this is Evan. And this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. And because, yeah, like in, in the instance of like the example you gave of, you know, like, yeah, like the acting class is is an important part, but it's not the only part an acting class can become a bit of a rut. It can become a bit of a crutch. And I've seen that, that happen um, where it's like, you know, maybe you should spend, you know, these hundreds of dollars that you're spending every month, you know, on classes, you know, that you've been doing for the last couple of years. What if you, what if you put 
like what if you put like six months of that money aside and you made a film with it you know like what 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 if you did that you know like there's there's so many facets to it and and i said like you know meeting meeting other people meeting other filmmakers and and things like that and and you know again sometimes like yeah the byproduct can be oh okay you're getting more parts and so you're making more money but the thing is like but are you doing it to make more money no not necessarily you're doing it because you get to you get to act more yeah right you get to actually do your thing more and the byproduct is is that you're making some money about it but it's when it that there's that flip where suddenly it's just like oh i'm gonna make this much money on doing this right and that becomes the that becomes the main thing that's when i think it's it gets into a little bit of of trouble and you know you see that in actors on on occasion and some actors are actually very honest about it you know they say like oh i did i did this one for the paycheck right uh and the thing is is that i would argue that you can usually tell you can usually tell when an actor's doing it for the paycheck or it's like oh i can't believe that they got <laughs> this person to do this movie right like some really phenomenal actor and you know they do they they do a fine job but it's just like this isn't a passion project you know like this is this is for the paycheck so um can I say something before? Yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Go for it. Well, I just want to talk about that with like with like classes and and stuff and training. Uh, like, I think that from an acting point of view, there's the actor that's trying to train so they can get a part, and then there's the actor that's getting parts that's trying to train so they can do those parts better. And mm-hmm. I think most actors actually want to be the latter. I don't think they want to yeah, be the yeah. former. So when you're when you're acting i'm not saying don't train but it's like are you training with the perspective of i hope one day i get a part and someone notices me that's one way to do it but another way to do it is like i'm making my own film and i want to do a fucking great job so let me find the best acting coach that i can find that's going to help train me and help me to 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 get the most out of myself so when i do the work that i want to do then i'm doing it at that caliber and like this is what I'm saying. It's like mindset is, is such an important element in all of this, right? Because, um, you know, and maybe this branches into it. I'll just say this, Evan, I'm going to leave it with you. Something that's coming up for me is like the scarcity abundance mindset. When I use that actor analogy there, for example, the actor that's trying to get a part versus the actor that's trying to do better at the parts they actually are already doing there's a difference in mindset. One's scarcity and the other's abundance, right? The other one's just like, I'm already getting the parts. I want to know how to do those parts better, right? And and that's really like, that's that's a much better place to be in because the other one is just like desperate. You know what I mean? Whereas this one, they have, a, they have something they're trying to build on top of something and they have something to inform themselves with. Um. Yeah, so let me pass it on to you because I have some more things to say on that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just hold off. But um, you know, I think like mindset is a, is an important part in this too, right? It's like uh, you know, like you're gonna you want to do a business. Look, I've done a business and I've 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 made enough money so then I could just you know go around. I could I was hanging out in New York, walking around Manhattan for like weeks, just eating nice food, having drinks, talking with people, just doing business on my phone as I walk down you know, like 
through Times Square, you know, and that was amazing. But I've also had times where I didn't, I couldn't even afford to pay for the power in my house. And I had to take an extension cord and put it into the hallway of my apartment building so that I get some power into my house to actually cook a meal. And that's how bad it got at one point. So I've seen both sides of the spectrum. And, you know, one thing is, you, you know, you gotta, you know, you're gonna, you might go through hard times. You might not. And people don't always talk about this with business and they always talk about this with art. You, you know, you can parallel this to acting or screenwriting or filmmaking or anything. You know, you might have a, uh, you might be winning an award one day, booking some big role, making a lot of money. And then another day you can't even get a part for the life of you and no one wants to see you, you know, and, and in those times it's going to be kind of interesting. It's going to be kind of challenging. Right. And you need to find a North star. You need to find a place that, makes this worth pushing through, you know? And for me, um, I'll just share something for me. For me, it was always freedom and, and autonomy are such high values to me. And I really want that for everybody. I want them to, to have freedom and autonomy to do the things they actually want to do. If you were to sum me up in a sentence, that would be <laughs> it. I want you to have the freedom and autonomy to do the things you actually want to do. And that summarizes everything. You know, I do not want you to work a job you hate that's taking you away from what you don't actually want to do. I want you to have freedom from that. I want you to have the autonomy to decide who to work with. I don't want you to have to work with someone you don't want to work with. And if I can help anybody do that, that is my number one goal in this life because I want that for myself. You see how it all comes back? It's just a reflection of me. And so if I can share that with people, that's everything I do. And so it happens to be through filmmaking or screenwriting or some medium like that it still comes back down to the same point. I don't care if you want to write scripts, make movies or build a house. What I want you to do is do what you want to do. And I want you to have all the freedom you need to do it. And I want you to have autonomy to choose who you do it with, when you do it, where you do it, everything. I don't want anyone to have to tell you how or, or with whom you have to do it. And that's what I want for myself. And that's what I want for everyone else. That's my North star. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and no matter how lost I get when I was fucking, when I couldn't even fucking get power into my place to cook a meal. And I, and that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. But, but I just was hanging on to this idea that you want freedom and autonomy to do what you love. And this will pass. I will find a way through this. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and, and when you're in those moments, man, you question every choice you've ever made. I can tell you that you go, <laughs> have I fucked up my life? Have I made a huge mistake? You know what I mean? Um, and in those moments, when you're asking those kind of questions, it's really good to have a North star. It's really good to have a, something that is helping you push through those dark, you know, those dark clouds. But, you know, I guess, let me bring it, bring it right back down. Scarcity mindset, abundance mindset. Scarcity mind says, I'm broke. I fucked up my life and I've made a huge mistake. Abundance mind said, says, this is a passing storm. This is a valley we walk through on our way to the mountain we're going to climb. And someone else out there is experiencing this or will experience this. And you're going to be the perfect coach for them because you'll know just what it's like. That's abundancy mindset, right? Abundancy mm -hmm. mindset takes it as a gift, as an experience, as an opportunity, right? It doesn't it doesn't give in to shame and guilt and, 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 and depression. Right. Mm -hmm. But those clouds, those clouds will come, you know, they, they will come at times like that. Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, anything that I, I, you know, I think I would have had to say on the thing, I think you just, you've, you've already covered it, which is essentially that, yeah, it's like, it's, um, you know, I think that the, uh, a trap of that whole abundance and scarcity mindset, I think a lot of people are kind of familiar with, with that language. It's been around for, for a fair while now. Um, and you know, there's this whole thing of, of where, again, it's like, that's very often that gets caught up and attributed to, oh, like, you know, you're in an abundancy mindset. So you're living in a fucking mansion and your yachts, you know, like you got your own private dock and a yacht and all this, you know, it's like, that's cause you have an abundant. Yeah. You know, to, to an extent perhaps, but, um, it's, it's like, what good is an, is, is an abundancy mindset if, it's not there for you when those times are are tough, and that's where I think the the meaning element comes into it. As long as you have that that meaning, and you're and you're connected to, it. and it doesn't mean that you have a crisis of faith in it. Sometimes, every now and then, I think that that's important. A crisis in faith um, uh, can can remind you, can help you go deeper into what does have meaning for you. And, and again, that's part of that abundance mindset is it's like that, that abundance sort of mindset also incorporates, um, that willingness to learn, uh, that, that willingness to be, to be open to, to something new coming in that you, that you didn't know before. Um, which again, is part of an artist mindset, you know, like the master artist is is open because as we discussed in our last one, in our last podcast, when you enter into the wonderness, you know, mm. into the into that wild thing. And as, as you said earlier in this podcast, getting getting lost is part of it. Like that, that's you expect you're going to get lost um, in in any new sort of project, any new undertaking that there's going to be some point where you're not totally sure where you are um and that's that's you want that right and and so it's all of those kinds these little things that create that that are a part of that abundance mindset it's not just simply caught up in a material thing it's a it's a well-being thing it's um it's a how how do you expand into everything that 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 to anything that happens to you in your life, whether you would consider that um, a good or an evil, so to speak, right? The, it it's because yeah, it's like if it's only good when times are good, then it's then it's shit. <laughs> really, <laughs> your abundance True. mindset is shit. That's 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 actually like a it that you're starting to head towards more in that lacking mindset. So um, yeah, you sort of covered. So I just I guess I just sort of fleshed out my own ideas on that one, but, um, well, I had but, a discovery yeah. while you were talking and I, I actually think that this whole abundance mindset and scarcity mindset has a lot to do with how full you are of meaning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I actually, as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, like scarcity mindset is really just, you lack meaning. That's really where scarcity is because when you have enough meaning, you can really be anywhere. And you can, you know, like, and I know this through personal experience, if I have enough meaning and enough connection and enough of a tie to whatever it is I'm after, I can walk through hell and back. I mean, I, I, 
I can, I can find my way through the hardest times. And the abundance, I think, is this sense of that there's a greater, there's something greater than this moment I'm in. And I think that's a really important part of that whole, whole idea, right? Um, and so maybe, um, you know, as a suggestion, I might say, if, if you're going through a hard time, you're feeling depressed, or you're feeling like lack in your life right now, um, double down on what's meaningful. Like try to try to just figure out what's meaningful because I know for myself when I was in a state of depression where I went through that period, I kept saying, what's the point? That's what I kept saying over and over and over. What's the fucking point? What's the point, right? That was so hard. But once I passed through that and I found a point, <laughs> the depression just starts to go away. It just, it's like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's a distant memory, but I do remember what it was like when I literally was like, what is the fucking point? And it was so hard, but I yeah. think most people, they, I've heard that, uh, depression is what's the point. That's, that's actually where depression exists. Yeah. 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 And it, but it, depression is also can be again, a, an incredible teacher. Totally. Um, when you, can sort of expand into it. There's uh, uh, I won't I won't try and get into it, but there's a fantastic book called Care of the Soul by Thomas More, and there's a fascinating chapter in it that's that's called The Gifts of Depression. Um, but anyhow, yeah, it's it's there's um, there is there's this this meaning connection to this um, this interesting territory that we've stepped into with with mindset because when you have that meaning when you're connected to that thing like i know as being someone who you know like you're you, you know you're an entrepreneur i'm an entrepreneur as well like you know i i teach i run my own school and i know when starting that out you know it's a scary thing and i'm like well nobody you know really knows me as a teacher in town you know and like and and there's all these other established schools that people already know about like how am i even going to do this right and the thing is 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 there's i think that there's also it seems kind of like it it doesn't go together but i think there's something about humility that is also and humility is an abundant is a part of the abundance mindset you know cuz humility Humility accepts what is wholeheartedly, mm -hmm. right? It accepts the moment as it is. And for myself, it was, you know, it's moments of being like, oh, I've only got two people in this class, right? And sometimes there's that little battle that, that, has, that goes on where it's just like, oh, there's only two people in this class. And, you know, da, da, da. my mind's getting occupied on, on threading the needle right with all of this shit and it's just like no 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 you have two people in this class give them what you've got mm -hmm. right because the shit that you've got is something that you believe in you know the shit that you've got is is something that has real meaning to you and that's the focus and as soon as that becomes the center of of attention the center of focus again i don't have a problem anymore mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and and you know and and over time, the school from from its early days or the first workshop that I did that had two people in it, you know, it's just like that was that was some years ago. Now I've I've consistently got, you know, 
classes with with lots more people in it, you know. But it's like it's one of those things where I like I I still I I still come come back to it where I check in on oh like any sort of disappointment I might feel about something and realizing that it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's like, it's me not putting, putting the part that's meaningful at like, as a thing that's, that's, it's me forgetting, you know? And I think that that's part of the frustration of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's this weird forgetfulness, you know, it's like, we're, um, which is, I understand we're constantly, inundated like our lives are just inundated with with sort of this like images and messaging conditioning i dare even say propaganda on what your life is supposed to look like right um how much money you're supposed to make what house you're supposed to be in what car you're supposed to be in what what clothes you're supposed to wear, what phone you're supposed to have, you know, like what TV you're supposed to have in your living room, what, you know, all of this stuff, all this, all of this shit. Um, and none of that stuff is the stuff that's meaningful, you know, and, but it's, we're constantly inundated with that stuff so we're, it's like, we're constantly having this reinforcement and I'm like, no, this is what's important. This is what's important. Right. And the, and the sneaky thing about advertising and marketing that we get in, in sort of consumerism, I might be going off on a bit of a tangent on this one, but the sneaky thing is, is that it plays into your meanings. It plays into your meanings as if it's going to, it's going to satisfy it. Right. Buy this car because in this car, you and your family will go and make memories and spend time together and all that stuff. Because, yeah, it's like what has genuine, genuine meaning to you is, is for, for many people is their families and spending time with their families. So what do you do? Oh, well, we sell you a fucking car and we show you a whole commercial of this family out doing this fucking thing together. Right. It's the same thing. And it's like you can sell a TV to somebody. Oh, the family's all sitting around on the couch together. Oh, it's a smart TV. Oh, it's so great. We can pick our favorite things together. Hey, it's all great. But it's just like it's just a TV. Right. It's like it's 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 like a it's like a bullshit substitution for the real thing. Right. It's a it's a cardboard cutout of a meeting. Um, so that's that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> That's my rant, I guess, Brandon. Just, I'll just leave it there. Yeah. Well, you know, man, I mean, look, we started out. I mean, I, I explicitly said I had opinions. Clearly, you have some, too. And uh, that's all right. You know, I think uh, I think it's all right, you know, to have to have um, to, to have certain things where you're like, OK, like this thing, this material item is really, really important to me and I'm really attached to it. And like um, I get that. And I think if you kind of like maybe look into like, why, why do you care about it? What, what, what are you really, what are you really after? You know what I mean? Um, there is a, there is a power and a freedom that comes with detachment, you know? And I think, um, you know, what you're talking about is detachment because as you do detach from needing things in the material world to be okay, to be happy, to be satisfied, you actually not only create freedom, but you actually create um, 
fulfilled opportunity for yourself. So uh, I, I get the um, I get the inclination to implore that. At the same time, I mean, there's certain things I know, like I get caught in it. Like there's certain things that I have, like some material items, and I'm like, oh man, I really like this is really really important to me. And um, you know, and it's just like, well, you know, like there's a whole relationship there, you know, and you get, you get, you can get caught into it. And if it's like sentimental, then maybe it's because, Oh, someone gave it to me and blah, blah, blah. Or if it's something that you just spent a lot of money, like what's meaningful to me is like, I worked for this, this, this took time and effort and energy for me to acquire and to get. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and there were, there were times where I thought about it and I, and I wanted it and I pushed for this and I achieved it, you know? And, and so really, Part of your relationship, that material thing is that. And I think it's important to recognize that the material item is often just a representation of something that's actually more meaningful if you are willing yeah. to dig deeper and try to understand that. Um, I, I had a I had a weird period in my life, particularly when I was going through my depressed period, um, where I was very attached to my things. Um, and I was also going through a financial hardship, but I used to think, oh, well, these things, like they're worth something. Like, I don't want to just get rid of them because I might need to sell them or I need to do something. And and I had all these weird relationships to things. I was keeping things around me and going through the state or not just state, but stage of detachment was a very challenging stage. And I, I don't have time to like kind of really get into what, what that was and what that took, but um freeing myself of these things really actually helped me a lot because when I was attached to these things, I had a scarcity mindset. I need these things. Like I need, I don't even care. I don't even like the thing. I just, I might need to sell it was kind of a lot of my justification for keeping things around or whatever, or it's valuable. And I just shouldn't throw something out that's valuable or get rid of something that's valuable. Or I had this thought that would play in my head. What if I regret it? What if I get rid of it? And then I regret it, you know? Um, and, and, and so when you work through those thoughts, or at least when, when I worked through those thoughts, I actually started to find that I was free of the attachment to scarcity. You know what I mean? That, that like, I'm nothing without this thing is really what you're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And now, like, I mean, being where I am now, um, you think about some of the things you hung on to, especially when you can earn, um, and you're like, well, why did I ever care about that extra fork? <laughs> <laughs> like just to kind of make it the most ridiculous example ever. Like what, what, why did I care about this little thing that's actually quite worthless? You know what I mean? Because really the ability to produce value was in me, not in the things that were around me. You know what I mean? I'm the one that brought those things into my life. I am the value that brought that in. Those things are a representation of my value. They are not a representation of my value. And, and that was a, a big transformation, right? So, I mean, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, before we kind of start wrapping this up, I'll just say that, you know, when you're looking at, like, get to the part that's meaningful, that matters, get to you, right? Because you you are what matter, right? You're, you're the thing that's meaningful. You're the thing that actually matters in this whole, in this whole scenario, because you're the one experiencing it. You're the one living it. And, you know, that thing, that TV, that isn't living it. You're living it. You know, and I, and I get it, you know, you're the one that worked for the TV. You're the one that got the TV. You're the one that got gifted the TV, whatever it is, but you are the one that has the TV. 
the TV doesn't have you, you know? And I think when you talk about materialism, I think that's kind of the main, one of the main points, at least that we're looking at, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, I mean, man, like you can go down a rabbit hole with that one, oh, but yeah. uh, why don't we, why don't we talk about beer and then yeah, maybe yeah. we'll wrap some things up unless you got something else to say before no, we do no, it. No, 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 uh, that's, that's, I think that's, uh, we've, we've kicked on that one long enough. So, uh, I will, I will talk about my, my beer, which isn't a beer today. Um, I'm drinking, uh, actually a local craft cider. I don't know if I've had this one on the, every now and then I have a cider on the podcast, but, uh, I don't know if I've had this one. And this one is from a place just down the road for me called Sunday Cider. And it's called their Sunday Sesh. Mm. And it's, um, it's delicious. What can I say? It's delicious okay. cider. They make lots of wonderful ciders, uh, not sponsored by them or anything, but, uh, big shout out to them. They've got a fantastic, um, spot to, you know, come and sit down and be outside on the summertime. It's just like, it's perfection. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been having. Well, nice, man. Oh, well, I, I am not having a beer either, but I'm not having any alcoholic drink today. Um, I, uh, I actually, I'll just tell the story of what happened. So I, uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to have a beer today, but then in the morning I was like, okay, I'm doing it. I, I'm going to have a beer. And I drove to our little tiny town and they were close. And I was like, you know, I don't care enough to wait around for them to open. <laughs> and so I decided to just, to just come back and not have a beer today. And, uh, you know what? I mean, I think there's something about that. Uh, you know, like, um, it, you know, you don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know it's a, I know it's a, it's a tradition for us. And I, I kind of had a moment, you know, where I felt a little obligated to do it. And I was like, you know what? You don't, you don't have to do anything. You can do whatever you want. And that was very freeing for me just to kind of have that moment. So, I mean, look, next week I'll probably have a beer. But this week I didn't. And, uh, you know, and I, I I do miss not having one. But at the same time, um, you know, I think one thing that we can always do is we can always kind of just decide at any moment. You can go whatever you want. You, you don't have to do anything. Everything is, 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 is this whole world is free form, really, right? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, to, to if I can wrap this up on my end, let me just say this. Uh, like... I would say that what I've gotten from this conversation is that, you know, the, the, the thing that gets you going in the first place, the thing that, that started you usually carries a lot of answers. So go back to that. That's something that I've always found really valuable. You know, as a screenwriter, there's been many scripts that I've written that just started from a scene and I didn't really know what I was writing. I just had the scene in my mind. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to write the scene. And then the scene was pretty good. And because that scene was interesting, I expanded upon the idea and I built a lot of the story around that scene. Um, and so if I was kind of, you know, deep into this story and many other scenes had been written and much more characters had been developed and whatever, what I would probably do is I would try to go back to that original scene and go like, what was interesting about that? What was fun about that? Why, why did you even write that scene in the first place? Because somewhere in there would probably have some answers that would help me with the rest of the story. And, um, you know, I'll share this because 
this one sparks my mind because the thing is I recently stumbled across a scene that I had written and um, it was really, really good. And I forgot that I wrote it and I just put it on file and left it, but I reread it and I'm like, man, I want to make this into something. It just seems like this is, these characters are eccentric and it's funny and, and, and this one character in particular. And so if I was going to develop that into a, further story i try to figure out what is it about this character that makes me want to write a whole movie about it you know what i mean i want to find that out because somewhere in there is probably the answer to what's actually meaningful for me and and just so i'm clear i don't necessarily know what's meaningful about it yet but i do know that there's something that's pulling me and and it would be it would be good for me to investigate that and I think whenever you're going and doing something, you might not know, well, why am I doing this? Why does this matter? But try to figure out something that kind of got you going and investigate that because in there, there, the answer exists. You haven't found it yet, but but I think it will help you wherever you are on your journey. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like go back to the seed. What was mm -hmm. the initial seed of the thing that got the whole thing started? And it often contains the answer. Um, yeah, this has been, uh, this has been a good, cool little conversation. I don't necessarily know what I have to, to say to close this one, one off on, on my end, but, um, you know, I, something that, uh, I thought about earlier in this conversation is like, you know, in, in the film world, there's this express and it's just kind of become an expression, but it's like cut to the chase. <laughs> Get to the chase. Get to the part that has has meaning. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, can I yeah. can I add something? Like carry yeah, that. Sure, I go for that's it. interesting because you know, cut to the chase. I mean, um, you know, cut to the actual. Like if it's an action movie or something, it's like cut to the point that's actually exciting and interesting. Like let's get to the stuff that actually is compelling to watch and is, you know, whatever. And I think like you can get bogged down by some BS details. And then why don't you just get to the thing you actually want to do? You know, why don't you just get to that? Why don't you just get to the thing that we want to watch, that we want to read, that we want to experience? Why don't you just get to that? And then, you know, and then you can figure it out, you know? But I, I think mm -hmm. there's something about this, you know, cut to the chase idea that you're kind of, you're kind of on because maybe there's an, another perspective on how to look at this, right? That, that you're stumbling upon here, you know, because like maybe it's come from a North Star place, but maybe it's like, just keep redirecting yourself to the thing that actually matters. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really ultimately, and I think that it's something that we have to be very vigilant about maybe that's what i'll leave this one off is that yeah like i do think it's something we have to be very um we almost have to practice it we have to remind ourselves of it constantly because of how easy it is to lose that that frame of of reference there are so many things that we're influenced by especially today um that that just make us kind of lose our way. Um, and so just, yeah, keep coming back to that thing. Keep coming back to that initial point. What, what brought you to, to do this thing in the first place? 
right? Why, like, what was the first thing that thing that inspired you, excited you, that that lit you up, that that did something to you, that was kind of out of your control? I mean, that's really the only way that I know how to describe that 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 feeling. And when you when you know that there's something there, is is there's this feeling there's this thing that it does to you that is out of your control and and come back to that thing keep coming back to that thing that you said like oh shit right you know like it's just you know like i love uh this one show called uh chef's table and one of the fascinating things about anyone anyone who's watched an episode of Chef's Table can probably understands this, but almost every single time it's like you have these incredible chefs who at the beginning of their careers, they, you know, they went off and they studied at some great culinary school, usually in France. And they come back to their hometown, their home country, whatever it is, and they try and make French food. <laughs> and it's just like and it's just it's not working it's not succeeding they're not happy and it ends up so often them coming back to them making the food that they grew up with or them coming back to their own roots and and doing something interesting with with something that they they ate their entire lives or something like that you know so it's come come back to that thing there's there is um there's joy and there is uh and there is meaning and that's usually that that north star so yeah just keep reminding yourself of that thing write it up somewhere <laughs> where you can see it um or have some some way in which you are you are keeping the part that's meaningful the 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 thing that's actually the way find a way to actually act on the thing that is meaningful and and that it's always the thing that you're acting upon thank you for listening in on our conversation today we hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.